should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because there's no better way to get a feeling of innate superiority. <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Bedek, who you can catch now on his new off-off-Broadway show, Bloody Awful, innit? <laughs> Benedict! Yeah. What's your go-to microwavable frozen snack okay mr i hate trader joe's because all they do is is microwavable frozen i'm not a fan shit. i'm not a fan okay all right um, no if i want some microwavable frozen sludge i go to a real store like walmart that's where i'll go for that stuff fair enough um i like a i don't know like a curry like a microwavable frozen curry is, what yeah that is not a standard frozen microwavable snack. maybe not for you <laughs> Depends how hard you try. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't really eat them, to be honest. Like, if I'm going to have a snack, I'll make something from scratch. Sure. You can keep pretending that. I so do. Your wife yeah. No, learn no, it's true. About I, your habit. I don't. I, uh, we, I never. Oh, okay. So not. It not. It's not microwavable. But my go-to like frozen thing that we make for a snack is like chicken nuggets. That's. Okay, you can microwave chicken nuggets. You, Come on, uh, everyone can microwave sure. chicken nuggets. But like, that's my that's that's what I do. I put but I put them in the I oven. Cook them in I the oven I do. The texture's better. No, it's way. true. That that is true. <laughs> but also, yeah, that's my that's my thing. Fine. What about you, Benedict? It's the frozen breakfast burrito. Yeah, all I thought it might the be. way, <laughs> all the way. I'm all about breakfast burritos. I just can't get enough. I I got some the other day from the store, the local grocery here in St. Louis. Mm. Um, the only grocery store really of note is Schnucks, um, which is not available as far as I can tell anywhere else on the <laughs> anywhere planet. There is no other Schnucks anywhere. <laughs> How many Schnucks are there in St. Louis? They're all. It's like it's the standard grocery store. You know, everywhere else in the world, there's like. Safeway or Giant, you know, all the normal grocery stores that just has all the aisles and all the shit. There are none of those in this city except for Schnucks. That's okay. it. But it just doesn't exist anywhere else. There's like a super high-end grocery store called Deerberg's, mm-hmm. which is like Whole Foods on steroids or like a nugget if you've ever been to one of those. Uh-huh. They're, you know, sort of like super high-end, fancy, you know, uh, people who, who give you fancy cheeses to taste and okay. stuff like that. As that's, you walk around like, and they uh, just yeah, throw, exactly. throw like, fancy, they like throw like a bre- fancy cheese. Bre- uh. Yeah, that's sort of what it is. But gotcha. Schnucks is the normal one. And uh-huh. the other day I went and for the first time at my local uh, Schnucks, which is just a tiny little one in downtown St. Louis, they had frozen breakfast burritos mm. with bacon. Ooh. And I got, I got a bag of, you know, just the, I think they're like El Monterey. Just your basic brand, and I had one this morning for breakfast, and oh, it brings back all, all that childhood delight of uh, being alone at home because my parents just left, and we live <laughs> 20 miles from anything, so having to microwave food like you do. Uh, anyways, Benedict, my childhood sadness aside, you probably know, mm-hmm. but uh, some of the people out there might not know exactly what it is that we do here on this program, and then I would say that this is the show where we go deep. 
deep, 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 mm. to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from a work of conservative nonfiction and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. Benedict, do you have a hot take to start start to stop this week? I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, it's that moving is the worst and no one should ever move, <laughs> apart from when you finally get into the place where you move to and then it's great and everyone Oh, and, and then it's move. just, just yeah. wonderful. Yeah, everyone exactly. loves that part. Yeah. Uh, no, moving sucks, especially if you're on a fifth floor walk-up. Um, but fortunately- Yeah, you know, I had questions about this move before you even told me it was a fifth floor walk-up uh-huh. and what the situation was going to be, and then I just laughed at what yeah. I knew you'd be going through. No, well, fortunately, I didn't have to do We hired movers because we're adults now, um, mm. so fortunately, I didn't have to do any of it, but I did, like, the movers, we, we bought a pizza, and between them, they ate, like, a whole pizza between the two of them, and I was like, yeah, that is... Yeah, know, man, have you to- ever met a mover? Totally fine, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely please please eat all of the food um i felt very very bad for them um yeah but you know whatever it's uh and it, then you didn't tip which no was i did just rude. T- really like walk up honestly aggressively tips to be honest <laughs> like really like got the full sob story about trying to send money home and i was like okay here's here's a way too big a tip so um <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 where I'm at. So um, they talk about trying to send money home to Russia and the difficulty. Actually, they're having not right Russia, now. fortunately. Uh, no, they were they were very against the the Russia <laughs> Russia oh, invasion. So oh, I think they were from Montenegro. Um, and so wow, yeah. Benedict, you can't say that. That's not your word. <laughs> okay it's just the name of a country let's not pretend <laughs> that that is anything uh <laughs> yes anyway so yeah it was it was weird but it was uh it was fun it was fun and now everything's in my apartment but nobody yes. should ever move uh, and i got the tour earlier yes. when and it we, was more uh, than like here call. is the one room that i live in so that's <laughs> well i mean previously it basically was just one room yeah with a glass door in. that divided it <laughs> Like, this is like, just so that they could call it a one-bedroom. You have multiple rooms I do, now, which I have, has to feel like an upgrade. It, it, well, it does, yeah. It's it's a three-room three room apartment, so it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly Quite something. Nice. Yeah, Quite it's It's very pleasant. Nice. I'm, I'm recording this from my new office, which is why uh, it maybe sounds echoey, because I haven't actually filled the office with shit yet, so... <laughs> Why are you just looking away as if, what is happening? Why would I look at you? I don't understand. Why would I? Uh, <laughs> I thought you might, I, you know, react. Anyway. react. It's not like I'm trying to find a certain clip. React. Nice. Um, nice. So, about you your go. new apartment, okay. <coughs> which for nice. some reason was so difficult for me to find. Yep, there you go. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, n- never move unless you really, no, really want to. No, never move. Um, Stay in one place forever yep. till what, you die. That's the way to do that's it. That's it. What's your hot take? My hot take this week, Benedict, uh, I need a bicycle Uh, (laughs) for exactly the reasons I told you and your wife uh, before we started recording. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had the pleasure of going on uh, my first bicycle ride in St. Louis over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do a lot of work with a nonprofit, and the supervisor from that nonprofit came into town to visit, um, and she does a lot of bicycle riding. Uh, and so another attorney I work with, uh, his father-in-law had a bunch of road bikes, and we, we grabbed them. We went out around town and rode for about an hour. Uh, I have talked plenty of times about my love for the Peloton, but this is actually the first time I've ever been on an actual road bike. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've never been on... My whole life, I only had, like, you know, when I was a kid, when I had bikes, it was, like, mountain bikes and stuff or, you know, BMX bikes and all that. I never had a road bike, you know? I was never a nerd, so... <laughs> 
this is my first time on one. And uh, now I do sort of feel like I really want one. It was a whole lot of fun. It was a good time. I just don't want to become one of those people, you know? That would be worrying to me if I was to become a, mm. a bicyclist. Where it's your, your whole whole thing. Where it's your whole thing. That's a problem. That just can't that can't be who I become. It, it's not it's That's not bad. a good thing. All I right. need to avoid that at all costs. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm gonna get a bike. Eventually. Okay. I'm gonna have to get a bike. I'm gonna have to start riding around the town. Also, it's like since I don't have a car, mm. sort of could get you'll be, around you'll be a riding easier. riding home with a big Costco box on the back of your bike, yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's the plan. Anyways, Benedict, why don't we move on to a little housekeeping this week. Mm. First off, all remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod. And, Benedict, we have some updates this week. Okay, First let's off, go with the updates. A lot of updates this week because it's been two weeks since we recorded. Mm. Uh, I mentioned yes, uh, on the last... You know, I, I put... Because your your move. I put in... Uh, my little introduction to the last episode, obviously, when we had recorded the two episodes you heard previously, um, there had not been a war broken out in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That had not happened yet. Um, and so uh, we, you know, I, I know we don't do current events on the show, and I say that a lot, but um, it, it does feel weird we do, kind of. when we have an episode come out and there's no talk of mm-hmm. what's happening in the world around us. It feels strange to me for something like that to happen. Uh, so, you know, uh, everything I said there uh, uh, holds up about, you know, I, uh, donate I to I thought it was causes. very nice intro. I listened to it. It was... it was. Yeah, I'm I trying not to heartfelt. talk about how great I was right now. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know, but, I, I, know, but I, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I just, I, you know. I didn't need your approval, Benedict. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but, you know, if you make donations, I said I will uh, induct you into the Spooky World New World Order. And, of course, we have some inductees this week who've made some donations, so we'll get to that in a minute. Second update, Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm. one of our cast of characters, made another appearance on the Alex Jones. Pre- She's made several appearances yep. on the Alex Jones show over the last couple of weeks. She seems to be leaning into it mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and that, of course, is in addition to her appearing at a neo-Nazi rally. Cool, yeah, very um, cool. Everyone else keeps, I think, soft-pedaling it by calling Nick Fuentes a white supremacist or a white nationalist. No, he is full-on neo-Nazi. Mm-hmm. He is a Holocaust denier. He hates Jews. He's a neo-Nazi. That's mm-hmm. He wants fascism in this country. He has very openly said he wants Catholic fascism. Yeah. Uh, in an interview with Milo Yiannopoulos. And then so, also uh, praised Putin, right? For the yes, of yeah, course he has. Of during, course, um, I mean so during he, that speech, I think. That well, that was the was line there. that was too far. Yeah. That then that's what bothers me is that what everyone is focusing on was the praise of Putin, and obviously mm-hmm. in the context we find ourselves in with the Ukrainian invasion and all that, yes, it's bad that these people are praising Putin and are openly, you know, pro-fascist. Mm-hmm. Um, That's bad, obviously. But I would like them to focus on the part where she and Paul Gosar and Wendy Rogers, the Arizona senator, and these other whole bunch of people who have either appeared with Nick Fuentes or have praised him multiple times, Joe Arpaio Mm -hmm. was there as well at that rally, are openly convorting with a Mm neo-Nazi. I want that to be the focus. I really think (laughs) it might be be more important. Yeah, yeah. The fact that nobody is calling that aspect of it out, even though his statements are out in the open, you can find them. I put a video together of some of his horrific statements about Jews uh, and put it on our Twitter just for people to see because I'm so upset 
that no one is focused focus and I've said before we're never going to do a show about that little piece of shit. He's mm-hmm. not he's not going to be on our our show. But I put this video together and I put it on our Twitter. You can go share it if you want or watch it. It's horrific. Holocaust denial, anti-Semitism, racism, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Um, so I would like people to focus on that a little more, and it upsets me that they aren't. That it's just the Putin thing that I think the right um, is is choosing to use to avoid having to deal. Yeah, with the say, open... oh, we distance ourselves from that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of gross to me. Also, uh, our second, or not our second, but our patron only for the month of February came out. During that space in which we were not recording, because we pre-recorded those episodes. And I wanted to address something I did there. What I said in the patron-only episode, when I listened back to it, when I was doing the, the uh, edit, made it sound like I'm A-OK with the Biden administration's handling of immigration and, you know, people at the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my real problem is that there's no middle ground between Lauren Boebert and the rest of the Cretans, because what they really want is more kids separated and put in cages. Mm-hmm. They... She played that game, and it was we were going over her bullet points uh, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. more. She plays that game of, well, you know, this happened under Obama. They built the cages, and aren't you saying they're separated? And bah, bah, you know, just mm. gish galloping through bullshit. Um, and her position, as we discussed there, didn't make any sense. No, it's incorrect. Because either she approved of it or she approved of it. So it, it just it was circular and complete nonsense. Uh, but I'm not okay with what's going on there. I still think we definitely need uh, to do more mm-hmm. to fix that situation. But there's no middle ground between people like Lauren Boebert and us because our solution is get the government to do the right thing. Uh, their solution is wear a dress that says fuck Joe Biden or something yeah, like that. Something. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah what entirely it is another update benedict we never talked about the tucker carlson george soros documentary and no somebody pointed that out to me on twitter recently that he had done that and i think hoping that we would do that and mm-hmm. we're not going to be going over the tucker carlson soros documentary for a couple of reasons uh, one i've seen part of it um i i went and i got a free profile uh on their their thing and and i i watched part of it and it's Mm -hmm. a lot of it's just the same shit same shit we got from glenn Glenn beck Beck, yeah really not a lot of difference there okay same sort of lies same sort of bullshit but also i don't think tucker's gonna pay any consequences for it okay unlike glenn who i really think that that was part of what did glenn beck in on fox news yeah because like it was so heinous and Mm -hmm. so obvious how bullshit that was and he, you know, he went off the air on Fox News not more than a few months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not because George Soros got him off of Fox News. No. It's because at that time, Fox News was willing to say, you know, smearing a Holocaust survivor as a Nazi, kind of too far for us. Kind of beyond the beyond the pale. Yeah, they're no longer at that point, though. They no longer care. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really want to give it any more uh, daylight than it already has because nothing's going to happen there. Okay. We all already know what a piece of shit white supremacist Tucker Carlson is. We all know that. It's mm-hmm. it's not surprising. And he, by the way, has also, uh, he has said Nick Fuentes' name on his show mm. in the context of supporting him, in the context of, oh, look at these evil uh, tech companies going after these conservatives. Yeah. Um, so fuck Tucker Carlson all the way. You know, he's also out there cavorting with a fucking neo-Nazi. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to be doing that. I know there are there are probably other podcasts out there that have gone oh, over I'm sure. that report. There I'm are sure. other podcasts do exist in the world. So Right. So if you want that, you're going to have to find it somewhere else. But that's 
there's been a lot that's happened over the last two weeks, obviously. So those are just some of my updates mm. of what has been happening in the world since we've been uh, in- enjoying this little time. Well, Benedict hasn't been enjoying this little time. No, it's but been very stressful. <laughs> I got to play video games all last weekend, so that was kind of great. But Benedict, we have some inductees okay. into our new world, spooky world order. Great. First off, we have a new patron this week, Janet. Janet joined us, and you are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. I just realized nice. I always say, nice. God damn it. I have to figure that problem out. Yep. Where they play automatically one after the other. I have to find a way to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just realized I always say Spooky World, New World Order. But it's New World Spooky New World, world Spooky World Order. Is yeah. the correct way yeah. to say it. And uh, again, I will take my life uh, via seppuku with Beach Ball after the program. Um, Which that's, is, it's, uh, our, it's our weird because he like he says new world spooky world order right so like he right. he got like he got the first two words right and then corrected <laughs> himself and then but then got it I think wrong he meant to say spooky, spooky new, new world, world order. order but then didn't do that either time I don't know man I don't know <laughs> I just love that so much but Janet you're now part of our new world spooky world order blah and of course we have some other additions and uh, uh someone was a little confused about this but you can be inducted into the new world spooky world order multiple times mm. uh, it's a uh, it's a weekly thing so you can always come back and get back into the new world spooky world order by doing any number of things that gets my attention and makes me want to put in there but we have two individuals who were graciously making donations to ukrainian causes uh both of whom we love very very much one taru takanan mm. you are now Again, I think, for multiple times. Ma- part many, of our many, many times. New World Spooky World Order. And our, one of our newer patrons, Paws, reached out specifically, and this one's a little special, Benedict. Okay. Paws has a dog. Oh. Uh, and this dog's name is Will. Okay, and Will. we have a, a picture. We have a picture of, uh, and I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but if you go over to our Patreon, um, it says a comment to, okay. I think it's in the community Patreon, to be honest, is one of the most annoying websites it's so for annoying. us to navigate the from the creator terrible. side on it's the back awful. end. Right. It's horrible for us to navigate on the back end to get to anything. It it doesn't update properly all the time. It's not a very well-designed website, and I really wish they'd make some improvements. But over on the community side, Paws put up a picture of Will, who is, of course, the goodest boy. Of course. Uh, and requested that, rather than Paws being inducted uh, into the New World Spooky World Order... Uh, that we induct Will, who is nine in June this year mm. and also epileptic. Oh. Uh, and I'm reading a message from Paws now. And I hope this is okay to read, but his medication is likely to shave years off his life. He oh. came to me as a training assistance dog, developed his problem shortly before his second birthday, and had to be retired. I was told I should regime, I think that's a typo, him and get a working dog, but I couldn't. He's my fur baby, my bestie. He may have fitted the smarts out of his head, but he's still the goodest boy. Can mm. he be inducted in my stead? And of course, always. Yes. If people yes. have pets, we will always induct them in. Literally, having a pet is enough to get you inducted into the Absolutely. new world spooky world order. And will but is, will of is especially part. welcome. Will will always be a part of our new world spooky world order. And will is also nice. Um, <laughs> nice. So. New world spooky. And, and I don't know about you, Benedict. Uh, I, I haven't asked you about this before the show, but ben, are you a witch? Uh, I am not a witch. You're not a witch? I am not well, a I, witch. Th- this might be news to you, but... I'm not a witch. And you know who else is not a witch? Will. Will is Will, not a witch. definitely not a witch. Cool. Wait, did you have something to say? Go ahead. <laughs> Stop it. I'm not a witch. Okay. 
you need to relax on those. It's it's way too much. The whole show is going to be drops. Like I'm not going to be able to get a a, a a word in edgeways. I think that's the idea. Eventually, no. I could just replace you with drops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we do the show? Yes. Well, anyways, pause. Um, Will is now part of our new world spooky world order. We're very excited uh, to have have Will uh, in in such <laughs> words. <laughs> anyways, Benedict. I'm just glad I managed to string that all together mm-hmm. with those drops. Really nailed it. This week, what we are talking about, we are here. I have talked uh, plenty, you know, um, the past best couple of weeks about some plans I have for the future. And what we're doing today, this is sort of our soft push into mm-hmm. a new arena that I've been wanting to cover for a while on the interstitial episode. Of weird and libertarians. The, yeah, the libertarian cranks and all okay. their various wackadoo hangers-on, right? We've already dipped the toe, I'd say, mm-hmm. with that. It's the so. Von Mies Institute mm-hmm. episodes, mm-hmm. and if you haven't heard the Certainly greatest rap some battle of the, of all time. Some of the inspirations for the, yes. for the current yes. libertarian ideology, I would say. If you haven't heard the greatest rap battle of all time, mm-hmm. go back and listen to the Von Mies Institute episodes. Uh, I'd also say that the John Birch Society is tied into this arena mm-hmm. and very important to it, and we talked a ton about them, obviously. Uh, but we're about to embark more thoroughly on an exploration of related fringe groups in the far-right world, the libertarians, the sovereign citizens, the tax protesters, survivalists, militias, all these groups have done a ton in the development of right-wing ideology, Mm -hmm. mainly through the various public figures and media hosts that are sympathetic to their views. All of them also seem to share a few central figures who are basically willing to accept all sorts of batshit nonsense as long as you agree with their particular batshit nonsense Mm -hmm. that should be taken seriously— and I think, obviously, the most important of all those people is Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. And in the coming weeks, we're going to do Ron and Rand okay. before breaching Both. out into the various weirdos and subgroups and mm-hmm. crazy ideologies and all that stuff. And I had originally planned to do Ron Paul today, okay. but I just sort of hit a wall in writing my outline on him. Okay. Because as far as impact and importance, Ron Paul is like a huge topic mm-hmm. for, for what he means to the fringe right that yeah. I don't want to gloss over. But I found something along the way that I thought would be a fun and sort of easier way to sort of back into it. Ease into it. Okay. Okay. Just ease into it, right? I'm a fan of easing into things. Yep. Like a leather gimp suit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. Okay. And I have to say off the bat, Benedict, Ron Paul is not your friend. Okay. I'm going to repeat that. Ron Paul is not your friend. Everyone listening, say after me, Ron Paul is not your friend. Ron Paul yes. is not your friend. Okay. He's cool with marijuana, uh-huh. and he'll take every chance to remind you of that, most likely in the hopes that you overlook all the heinous bullshit he has, the ideas that, that are just horrible, and the devastating results that would come from actually instituting any of his policies. Mm-hmm. Just focus him on the, he's the weed guy. So it's he's like, it's like an OG Dave Rubin vibe of like, yeah, I'm exactly. gay, and I like marijuana without being gay, obviously. <laughs> but, you know. So therefore, forget about all my shitty policy ideas. Yes. Okay. Ron Paul is not actually in favor of legalizing weed. He's in favor of destroying the government so that there's nobody to make (laughs) Nobody can enforce it. That's more of the idea of what he's behind. Which? And sort of the people (laughs) that he's spawned have taken even dumber and stranger stances Mm -hmm. than that. So... 
the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity uh, is apparently, as far as I can find, a subsidiary of another organization that Paul founded back in the 1970s called the Foundation for Rational Economics and Education, or FREE. Oh, okay. Which I hate. You that know shit. they stuck that whenever, education whenever, on the end. Whenever they do that for like bills and stuff in Congress, I oh, yeah. absolutely I the hate worst. that stuff so much. It like Just literally it makes my skin crawl. It's the worst. But you know they added that extra E on the end with education just so they could have free spelled out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you a ton about free because, no joke, their website has been down for days. Amazing. Possibly longer, uh, for all I know. (laughs) At least six days. Yeah, I've tried to access it for two days. So the only information I have to go on is what's been written about it rather than seeing for myself and sort of tooling around the website like I usually try to do. Mm -hmm. Wait, you didn't go on Web Archive? I didn't bother. Uh, I probably should have. Yep. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Free distributed the Ron Paul Freedom Report, which was one of the racist newsletters of note, but was separate from the most notorious racist newspapers, which were distributed by his for-profit Ron Paul and Associates. Mm, interesting. Okay, okay. It seems to me like there was a little bit of, you know, some using the nonprofit to promote some of Ron Paul's money-making activities like the newsletters, which, mm, remember, yes, I remember the million newsletters. dollars yeah, 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 a year I off do, those newsletters. Uh, the original Substacker, I remember. I remember. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, And the newsletters also frequently featured Bircher-style conspiracy theories about the CFR, the Trilateral Commission, all that Mm -hmm. sort of bullshit. That was all in there. Yep. And looking at the IRS filings for the foundation, which I always encourage anyone to do when they're looking at a nonprofit, they're called 990s. You can find them online. ProPublica has a great database Mm -hmm. of them. Uh, I can't can we, find ProPublica one... is amazing. Can we just take a moment to say that? Anyone that can support ProPublica should. It, like, it's an incredible website, an organization, rather. Absolutely. I can't find a 990 filed after 2019 for free, okay. which suggests to me that they've either let it go defunct or, and this is a very real possibility, they're very bad at this. <laughs> they're, they're very bad at everything they do. Okay. It's also possible. When, when would they have had to file by? Like mid Well, I mean, they I mean... filed one for 2019. You have to file one every year. So, so their most recent was filed, 20s in 2020, it was the 2019 form would have been filed probably in, you know, early months of 2020 about their 2019 yeah. year. So it's like right? doing taxes, right? It's, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's okay. similar to that. Yeah. So they haven't filed one since, since 2019. So maybe they've gone defunct. Maybe they just don't care that they're breaking the law as far as that goes. A lot of nonprofits are able to skate under the radar and not report this sort of stuff if they're small enough. And in 2018, they only brought in $870,000 and 550000 in 2019. So it is a relatively small organization compared to many that we've looked at. All right. So the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity was founded April 17th, 2013. And I'll just read you the purpose of the organization from their very own website. Okay. Which is, quote, about the Institute. The Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity is a project of Dr. Paul's Foundation for Rational Economics and Education, Mm -hmm. FREE, founded in the 1970s as an educational organization. The Institute continues and expands Dr. Paul's lifetime of public advocacy for a peaceful foreign policy and the protection of civil liberties at home. The Institute mobilizes colleagues and collaborators of Dr. Paul's to participate in a broad coalition to educate and advocate for fundamental changes in our foreign and domestic policy. Mm -hmm. A prosperous America is profoundly linked to foreign policy rooted in peaceful relations and trade with all. With peace comes real prosperity. Skipping down a little ways. 
First and foremost, a resource for supporters, the Institute provides timely news and provocative analysis through its engaging website. <laughs> Features such as Congress Alert and Neocon Watch bring to life the latest threats to our liberties at home and abroad neocon in a watch. capsule format. So, yes, Neocon Watch. We're going to get into Neocon in, Watch. In the Don't UK, there's, there's, there's a program called like Spring Watch, I think, which yeah. is just like watching like they have like just like webcams. Watching on, the flowers literally grow. Literally the flowers growing and like the birds beginning to be hatched. I'm imagining like the hatching of a Neocon. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, let's see, where was it? Longer features and press analysis, as well as blog posts, regularly appear, giving the Institute the character of an online magazine. Okay. So the character of an online magazine? It smells it's a like blog. an online Trust me, Benedict, magazine? it's a blog. It's yeah. a blog. Well, yeah. But skipping down to the very end of the About the Institute section, which this also, uh, you, you know, take a guess at why this makes me think they do, don't do much updating of a lot of the website. Mm -hmm. The Ron Uphall Institute will provide the tools and the education to chart a new course with the understanding that only through a peaceful foreign policy can we hope for a prosperous tomorrow. After a decade of U.S. war against Iraq and Afghanistan, American public clearly turn, is clearly turning against the wars. Mm, yes. Barely half still support the war on Afghanistan, and a clear majority now oppose the Iraq war. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe get a new webmaster. So this guys. is from 2013, maybe. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Also, the other funny thing that I found is the the uh, board is with there. They have multiple boards. They have an advisory board and an academic board. Mm. And we're going to be talking about some of these people later. Dennis Kucinich is on their advisory board okay. for some reason. I don't know why. But also on their advisory board are two people. One, Rep. Walter Jones Jr. Okay, and Faith Whittlesley. Both of these people who are listed as advisory board members, Benedict, are dead. Both of those people are dead. Walter Were they Jones dead Jr. At died the time? in 2019. Okay, not dead at the time then. <laughs> he died in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, and to be fair, it does say on the, the little bio stub next to his photograph, it does say Rep. Walter Jones Jr. parenthetical R.I.P., so they know that he's dead, okay. but so he's still on their advisory board. Then. Okay. <laughs> I found that to be just endlessly entertaining. Mm -hmm. That was one of the greatest things I had ever seen on one of these websites. <laughs> but anyways, Benedict, some of the fun things that they do, uh, we mentioned. Congress alert okay. is one of the things that was listed in that about page. Yeah. And uh, one of those on the Congress alert, you know, like I said, this is there website a, is there is a, a Congress blog. alert app that I can subscribe to? <laughs> if there was, I would have it on my phone. Know. You know, you I absolutely know, you know I would have yeah, it on yeah, my yeah. phone. But uh, so it's, you know, it's it's a blog. The, the whole organization, as far as I can tell, it's a fucking blog. Uh -huh. That's all the shit is. Yeah. Like, I mean, nothing wrong uh, with a blog. Nothing wrong with a good well, blog. Well, when you have people posting horrible shit on it. I mean, like, one of the most recent ones is from Glenn Greenwald. Mm. Um, I should mention that also listed it in the list of authors on the side of the page. Uh, Tyler Durden. Tyler oh, Durden. Contributing of, to... of Fight Club fame? Yes, yes, yeah, that yeah. Tyler Durden okay, is cool. contributing yeah, yeah. to Congress Watch, apparently. Also, right. one, of the one of the items listed on Congress Watch, uh, which is from Tuesday, January 4th, 2022, is headlined, quote, Senator Rand Paul dumps YouTube, says his goal is to quit big tech entirely. He posted a YouTube video two days ago. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool, 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 yep. <laughs> always fun, always fun. So that's that's Congress Watch. It's just like, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, Congress's 1-6 committee claims absolute power as it investigates citizens with no judicial limits. It's a bunch of, you know, 
It's headlines. It's all headlines. There's a bunch from Thomas Massey, of course. We know he's the John Birch Society's fang- fam- uh, favorite sitting congressman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, there's going to be a ton from him on there. Ron Paul, of course, has close connections to uh, the John Birch Society as well. Yep. Not surprising. Second Benedict, the Peace and Prosperity What does Ron programs. Paul do now? Ah, uh, he runs this website. Is that it? That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, you know, he's like 80-something. I, I know. I don't remember like, exactly how so, old he is. So is Joe Biden, like... Uh, well, yeah, Ron Paul, not as not in as good of shape, I don't think, as Joe Biden. Like, no. I've seen Joe Biden on a bike. Yeah. Um, I'm not... I think Ron Paul would crumble into dust if he tried to get on a bike. <laughs> tried to leave in the sunlight. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Something like that. So, you know, he does... Uh, what we're going to get into a little bit later, it's one of the, the clips we have. He has a video podcast, which I always okay. hate when people call their YouTube videos podcast. That's not a podcast. No, it's a YouTube video. You're doing a YouTube show. That's what it is. Yeah. Not a podcast. Which is fine. Just do a YouTube show. It's fine. Just don't call it a podcast. It just annoys the shit out of me. But it's called Ron Paul's Liberty Report is the name of that, which he does pretty regularly. He has one he put out just a couple days ago, as I said. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, it's not, he's still doing stuff. Wait, hold on. Was it Rand Paul or Ron Paul that quit YouTube? Because you said Rand Paul. Oh, you know what? I read that wrong. Yeah. You're right. Wow. There you go. I just Confusing. sort of put them together yeah, as an amalgamation well, of the same Well, that is probably person. fair. <laughs> so you know what? Rand Paul dumped YouTube, and uh, I'm sure you, in the next couple of minutes, will go find and see if he's actually uh, gotten off of YouTube. We'll find out. Okay, I don't let know. me see. I will, I will Google it as we please. I mean, that man is spineless, so who knows? He's probably still yeah, back he's probably on YouTube. Bad. If he's not posting, he's still he's go- going on there to watch videos. Posters or can cannot but post as as we all know. So. <laughs> but anyways, so that's the the uh, Congress report that that bullshit right there. Also, no, he last posted three months ago. Okay, he's he's been consistent. He'll okay. be back within a year. Yeah. Uh, but peace and prosperity is another section on the Ron Paul Institute website. Benedict, it is a it's another blog. It's just it's just more blog posts under okay. a different title. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Um, not surprisingly, uh, in the author's column on the side of the page, RT listed multiple times. Interesting. Yeah, that makes not sense. Not sure why okay. that's the case. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. no, that makes sense. Uh, actually, the top art, the most recent article right now from March 2nd, 2022, is a reposted RT piece. Yep. That's, that's what that is. Okay. Uh, also, of course, Tyler Durden, mm. once again. Uh, Do we know who Tyler Durden is in this context? I don't know. No, I'd like to find out. There's another person who posts on their name, Moon of Alabama. Okay. Moon of Alabama is posting on, on sure. there. And I don't know if that's like somebody else's blog. Because a lot of these far-right sources, they do this. They repost without proper attribution or without crediting the original authors of work that they're stealing. Alex Jones is known to repost RT pieces a lot or pieces from local news sources on his own website with his own headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, without, you know, I don't I don't know what the process is for doing all that and what, what you're supposed to do. But and it's normally syndicated, right? That's a, this is the... Yeah, I have to imagine it's, it's, he, it's not acceptable what they're doing. But a lot of these far-right websites do that sort of thing. Uh, one of the... I mentioned Moon of Alabama. I mentioned that because... Uh, that's one of my favorite most recent pieces, written on February 16th, 2022. Mm-hmm. It is titled, Happy Russian Invasion Day. I woke up early today because the moon is full and I have been promised a Russian invasion. <laughs> the sky was clouded, no moon to see, and the invasion is for some reason way less bloody than I anticipated. So, great. we know what position they're taking on part of this situation here and of course since the most recent one under that heading is an rt piece uh you can you can guess where they're going with all of this mm-hmm. 
Neocon Watch. Okay, Benedict, I'm so looking forward to Neocon Watch. For. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, who are the Neocons Again, of choice? Tyler Durden <sighs> writing for Neocon Watch. Dude is prolific at the very least. Yeah. You can say that about him. Also, again, multiple listings by RT on this one who, on Neocon uh, Watch. Who, who are they writing and about? One of the pieces I pulled up on this one and that I thought was fantastic um, is by Daniel McAdams. And that's the guy we're going to talk about in a little bit who is the head of the Institute. Uh-huh. Uh, or as far as I can tell, he's the only person who's actually employed does any significant work. There might be another guy named Adam Dick who also does some stuff for them, but I haven't seen much of him in the more recent stuff. I'm not sure if he's still there. Okay. But the piece is so they're titled... After, they're after Bill Crystal and... Yes. Yeah. Well, Benedict. Donald, Donald wow, that was you, you were psychic in saying that because this piece is titled Cato Hires a Neocon Bigot. Yeah, yeah. And it starts with, quote... And it's from January 14th of this year. Neocon stench is not confined to the sweaty flatulence of Bill Crystal's writing chambers. Yet it's true that neocons at AEI and Brookings and Heritage and the Free Bacon, etc. are all to be expected. Free Bacon. They, they, they all love the nickname so much. They all love it. I, do you it's think that's go- deliberate, or do you think it's? I think I. I feel. Like I don't know that 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 was something when I read this. I did go. Is that just a typo? I'm not 100 percent sure. It's just a typo. I'm now reading know. it along with you. It's like going to the zoo and looking into the chimp enclosure. You expect to see chimps, and so you see chimps. But imagine going to the marmoset enclosure and also seeing chimps. Hmm, what's going on here? We didn't expect to see chimps here. <laughs> What? Well, what they're complaining about here is that Cato has hired a woman no, named Kathy I, Young. I, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand what they've written. Like, why? What? <laughs> well, maybe if I read a little bit more for are you, are they saying that people understand. think tanks are effectively at zoos? Like, what? What's the analogy? <laughs> It continues, we've never had high hopes for the Beltway libertarian dogs who dutifully abide the intellectual leashes of their paymasters. In brackets, are... paymasters. Like, mm-hmm, just yeah. in case you didn't get it. Yeah. There are some good pups out there, and I'm the last guy to kick someone for trying to earn a buck while retaining as much integrity as possible given the rotten situation. So that's a defense of selling out, it reads it like to me. Uh-huh. But come on, man! Cato Institute has hired that wretched neocon freak Kathy Young imagine, as a senior look, Imagine fellow. if any of these people could write in an interesting oh, way. God. Like, honestly. like I think I might have to become a fucking libertarian just, to, <laughs> just so I can show these people how to write a fucking article. Yeah, yeah. So his his main complaint, he just goes on and here. Do we think libertarians actively do? Do we think libertarians actively reject editors because that's government control? Is that is mm. that what's happening here? They want to be it free is to centralized write centralized control, <laughs> which I would believe they're opposed to. They, they want to be free to just write whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> but his main complaint is that Kathy Young uh, was uh, down with reality and was like. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, there was some connections between the Trump administration and Russia, and uh, they were they were validly investigated uh, because they they did some shit. Kathy Young also sucks, right? Like oh, she sucks yeah. hard. She's <laughs> so bad. Yeah, she's a fucking anti-feminist who calls herself a feminist yeah, and agrees yeah. with goes you know talks to fucking men's rights yeah. uh, dipshit okay, groups cool. and shit like that. She's a piece of shit. She's a horrible fucking piece of shit. But she's also a far right lunatic libertarian, just like these people. But and then they end this on. article about her with, quote, That is the essence of Kathy Young and reason, and now Cato. 
For Kathy Young and the Reason slash Cato crowd, libertarianism and liberalism shares a lot in common with Soviet communism. You are free to choose as long as you choose the ideological vanguard, which will ultimately rule history for all time. Kathy Young is a rigid communist, and everything she writes should be laughed at. Cato should be forced to eat its own barf. Wow. We're all communists. We're all communists to Ron Paul. I noticed God that his it. website is not secure, by the way, according yeah, to Google know. Chrome. So I know, I'm it's giving me the notice. Yes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want to be hacked. That, that's astounding. I mean, that's, that's fucking nuts to me. And um, I, I read that and I was like, holy shit. These, they're, they're, okay, at least we can say they go hard. Yeah. They, they do go hard. Um, also, uh, another article in the Peace and Prosperity section, which I didn't bring up uh, when I did it, was there's an article titled Vitamin D versus Coronavirus, Ron Paul versus Government Health Experts, sure. in scare quotes. So that's I mean, the sort of material yeah. we get on this website. Great. And it's um, something. It's a trip, man. It's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Not surprisingly, many of the individuals involved in the Institute have uh, deep histories of support for white supremacy, authoritarian dictators, and just plain mm, old fascism. Hugely shocking, yep. A familiar figure to us, uh, Lou Rockwell, who mm-hmm. we talked about during the Von Mies Institute episodes, and who is the person who wrote the majority of the racist Ron Paul newsletters, mm. uh, he's currently on the board oh, of the cool. Ron yeah, Paul I mean, Institute. Uh, yes, obviously. Does tend to beg the question that why, if you really didn't, approve of the racist newsletters would you bring <laughs> would the you guy put the man them on the board yeah lead your foundation does does beg the question uh some of their other distinguished thinkers at the institute include john laughland who's a british Eurosceptic, who was the head of an anti-eu think tank founded by mp bill cash mm-hmm. until 2008 uh, he was also a former assistant to uh, a member of the european parliament uh, from the french fascist national front party oh cool yeah the the marine le pen party that yeah is. yeah that party, for, that party. For, for and he was know, written yeah. a book titled travesty about the hague trial of slobodan milosevic ben like the travesty that he's referring to is, is not, him being tried yeah yes yes yeah, that does it, not it was not the not the war crimes of of milosevic, of milosevic yeah. uh, it, was, it was the the fact that he was tried by the hague by what he sees as an illegitimate international war crimes tribunal. That was the travesty. Yeah. Isn't that disturbing? Not great. Uh, yeah, not great. Not great. In 1997, uh, Laughlin also wrote a book titled The Tainted Source, The Undemocratic Origins of the European Idea, uh, which is a book that claims that EU actually has its origins in fascism, Nazism, and communism, because, we you know, it... If all else fails, just call everything fascism yeah. and Nazism. Or, or communism. Communism, and uh, yeah. that's what you do. And it's all the same. you're actively uh, supporting fascists, mm-hmm. like Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych, mm. whose attempt to steal the 2004 election prompted the peaceful Orange Revolution. Or as we've learned, uh, it was actually vague things that George Soros did uh, that caused that revolution. He controls all of Ukraine now, uh, and and why don't you just stop asking questions and pay attention to these jingly keys? That's what you should really do. He's also defended Belarusian dictator Alexander Lukashenko. Okay, Lukashenko is fucking awful. (laughs) Claiming that he was the victim of humiliating treatment at the hands of a propaganda campaign waged against him by the West. Was that... 
When was that? When? Because was that after he kidnapped when, that, that blogger when and did tortured he claim him? That? Yeah. That's a consistent stand he has had for many years. I think that quote about humiliating treatment uh, from a propaganda campaign, I think that was from 2006. That was post the horribly corrupt election in 2006. Mm. Okay. Which brings us to the another member of the uh, board, Mark Almond, mm. uh, who is also a trustee of another foundation with Laughland, named the British Helsinki Human Rights Group, or BERG. <laughs> uh, this is a group that denies that there were any war crimes, per- war crimes perpetrated in the Balkans War, mm. and that the mass graves were in fact fabricated, much in the cool. way that Holocaust deniers claim that all those deaths were You know how people fabricate mass graves. You know on how the, that happens. On the regular, yeah. This group, Berg, uh, <laughs> defended Lukashenko's 2006 election, mm-hmm. which the international community and observers overwhelmingly agree was completely fraudulent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the group and uh, Daniel McAdams, Ron Paul's for, uh, foreign policy advisor and the current head of the institute, also deny this Berg and Daniel McAdams uh, deny the Soviet occupation of Latvia and the deportation uh, to the gulags of 100,000 Latvians, which that? definitely happened. <laughs> Yeah, they deny that that's a thing. Yeah, it's which is, mild. Is, is strange. And it all seems strange that these are all hardline anti-communist cold warriors until you realize that it all tracks with current day Russian talking points mm-hmm. about the former Soviet republics. And many of these people have in the past worked for Russian state-backed entities like RT and the numerous think tanks that Russia funds to promote its ideas. But apologists for fascist dictators aren't the only members of the Institute. It also has a strong core of 9-11 truthers. Oh, cool, yep. Like Judge Andrew Napolitano, who, of course, is also a legal analyst for Fox News. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Eric Margolis, uh, who, despite a lack of a PhD or any credentials whatsoever, uh, is a member of their academic board, uh, says that, quote, conclusive proof still lacks connecting Osama bin Laden to the 9-11 attacks. Sorry, and speculated apart, from, that the, apart from the fact that Osama bin Laden is on video saying, I did saying it. He's saying that he yeah. did it. I'd say that's some pretty conclusive yeah. proof. Uh, and of course, he has speculated the events could have been, quote, a plot by America's far right or by Israel or a giant cover-up. That's End not quote. good. Yeah, whenever people start claiming Israel did it, you gotta perk up your nose a little bit. Yeah. And and what would an enterprise featuring Ron Paul be without a little bit of Civil War revisionism? Mm. For that, there's Walter Block, okay. an anarcho-capitalist professor of economics and a fellow at the Von Mies Institute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like How many, many people, fellows does the Von Mies Institute have now? Do we know? I don't know. Okay. I don't. I, I, I have to go look that out. up. Yeah. Uh, like many people in Lou Rockwell's neo-Confederate circle, remember Lou Rockwell is uh, the founder, yeah, one yeah. of the founders of the uh, Mon Mies Institute. Talked about him earlier uh, in the episode. I yeah, was listening. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, but uh, Block believes that the wrong side won what he calls the war against Southern secession and blames most of America's current problems on, quote, the monster Lincoln. Okay. Okay. He's also suggested in an interview in the past that the life of slaves wasn't all that bad. Quote, you pick cotton and sing songs. Not That is not good at all. Nope, 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 nope. And of course, you have to sprinkle in an anti-Semite or two. Also on Paul's board are prominent former government officials who claim that American Jews constitute, quote, a fifth column aimed at subverting American foreign policy in the interest of Israel. (laughs) 
How do these people say these things and continue to exist in polite society? Because, that, that, well, they're not in polite well, society. I, suppose, I think that's yeah. part of the point is that yeah. these, the Ron Paul Institute is very much a far-right crypto-fascist organization. Yes, I am using the term that you've told me to not use very much. Mm-hmm. It is a crypto-fascist organization. It very much is. Uh, it welcomes people with these ideologies. And I think when we talked about the Von Mies Institute, we talked about Murray Rothbard and Lou, Lou Rockwell's idea that openly reaching out to these people with these horribly racist, anti-Semitic, etc. ideas was part of their strategy, mm-hmm. that this was a group that they could coalesce behind, you know, you need to hate X, Y, and Z people, and, and that they could control that group in that way. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, and Lou Rockwell's involved here. This all goes back to the same core. Um, and, and I'm not surprised that they openly welcome these sort of people in there. Uh, Michael Schur is uh, that guy who made that quote about uh, American Jews being a fifth column. He's also uh, unhappily a former CIA intelligence officer, which is bad. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and given the support that all of those people have, uh, or they, they give to far-right fascist authoritarians, it really calls into question what their principles actually are. Mm-hmm. These are people Are you who saying that libertarians about. are unprincipled? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> but these are people who constantly talk about small government, mm-hmm. right? These are the, the Ayn Randian weirdos who believe that uh, there's a libertarian paradise of mm-hmm. the type which was probably most accurately portrayed in the Bioshock franchise. <laughs> it's an ideology that's supposedly opposed to nationalism and big government, but most often their efforts are aimed at supporting governments that are more openly authoritarian and oppressive, oppressive than the U.S. Yeah. and who engage in conduct they would rightfully scream about being tyranny at home. And to me, it seems to be that the answer is they've become so trapped in a cycle of opposition to the U.S., that they're willing to support corrupt fascist governments so long as those governments are opposed to the U.S., which isn't surprising. I mean, we've seen that on the left, too, with the tankies and people who mm-hmm. sort of get into that same doom spiral. Yeah, you get, yeah. You get supporting authoritarians yeah. just as long as they're opposed to the U.S. It, it's, I think it's surprisingly easy to fall into that way of thinking. So what does this institute actually do? Well, as far as I can tell, it's, it's a blog. It's a blog mm-hmm. that provides a means to funnel some money into Ron Paul's for personal mean, hobbies. What is okay? So bear with me for my analogy mm-hmm. here, because I've been thinking yeah. weirdly. I've been thinking about the Prussian state a lot recently. <laughs> um, Nerd. And the uh, <laughs> the Prussia was once described as uh, described as where most countries are countries with an army. Prussia is an army with a country. Uh-huh. And so where most think tanks are think tanks with a blog the ron paul institute or whatever it's called is a blog with a think tank well for that to be the case you have to prove to me that there's any thinking going on okay over there. all right well it, yeah. it's the it's the inverted way that think tanks should be anyway is what my yes very much so very much so i mean his wife and his daughter up until her de- his daughter died i think in, ni- in 2019 uh, but they were the president and the vice president mm. of the organization ron paul's wife and daughter i mean okay um, and it, it doesn't engage in anything that could be called serious activism no. or analysis. When right? when has when has Ron Paul ever engaged in no. anything serious? No. 
No, he's never has. Uh, I mean, like I on their YouTube page, uh, like the most recent stuff, like they like they had a regular thing that was going on like two years ago, which we're gonna play a, a small portion of, which is like these five topics in five minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. and they did like one a week or something. That was Adam Dick, I think, who was doing those. But now it's just the main guy, um, Donald, or Donald or Daniel, I forgot what his name is already because it's not right in front of my face. Um, like some of their most recent stuff is him standing at a pergola in a park cool. talking to some anti-mask protesters. And, like, not a lot of anti-mask no. protesters. Just a couple of anti-mask protesters. It's really, really sad. But, like, what this is, is it provides something for a certain segment of the population who need a link to tweet at someone they mm. disagree with. Then they could say, oh, blah, look at this. Look at this. Tyler Durden wrote this on, on Ron Paul's <laughs> blog. So I'm right. Right? That's yeah. It's a content mill for a certain segment of the extreme far-right Which, weirdo community. Which, fair enough, everyone needs one of those. Well, you know, I don't I don't think this is a necessary thing for society. No, I don't necessarily think it needs to exist. Society doesn't need it, but someone does. Maybe. Maybe there's somebody out there who needs it. But, you know, that's what it is. And to give you an idea of a little bit more, we're going to listen to a couple of okay, couple let's of do it. I've done. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm stretched. So we have, we have a couple let's of go. clips here that I pulled out. And we're going to start with uh, a clip. Of, actually, it's the beginning of, of one of the most recent episodes of Ron Paul's Liberty Report. Okay, let's go. Okay. Classical music. Good stuff. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Oh, no. With us today is Dan. He does not sound great. No, it sounds like it, it sounds like the classic, like, YouTuber intro of, you know. <laughs> it sounds like it's if being he, filmed in a basement. If he says smash that like yeah, and subscribe button. It sounds button. like it's being oh filmed in a basement. Let's go. I'll shit myself. If he says smash that subscribe button. Oh. Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel. Good and that's the other thing is that Dan McAdams, who is the president of the Ron Paul Institute, he's the co-host of Ron Paul's Liberty Report. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Also, you will never be able to convince me that Dan McAdams is not wearing a toupee. I he's can't. A thousand see it. percent so wearing no, a fucking toupee. Are we are we certain that Dan McAdams hasn't weekend at Bernie's Ron Paul <laughs> just to further his own career? Like, I, like if anyone so, was going to do it. Yeah. If anyone was going to do it, it'd be these people. <laughs> Just fine, just fine. I want to start off with, um, you know, big tech. Okay, big they've tech. Been around for a while, yep. and, and they've been essentially nonpartisan. I oh no, I mean they've been partisan. Yeah. That's what. They- oh snap! Nailed oh, it! Oh snap! Nailed the the Borat knot. <laughs> like <laughs> crushed it. Let's go. Keep going. They've been very partisan, on again, off again, punish people, reward people, and all this sort of thing. Mm. But the big big tech is in the news now uh, because uh, some people don't think they're doing enough to, uh, you know, beat the Russians down. And they should be more firm. And this has come up uh, with members of Congress have talked about it. And uh, the headline in Politico, it's interesting, Politico reporting this, uh, at least... uh, we're getting some information. It says the title is "A Hesitant Tech Industry Wields Its Power Against Putin." Mm. Uh, they they don't address the subject of what is the proper role of big tech. Yeah. You know, 
Well, they well, don't address it in the, in headline. the headline. Yeah. Benedict. But also, at the end of the day, these are American companies, and they, I, fundamentally, and other American companies are boycotting Russia, so why shouldn't American companies be able to... Do, you know that? I mean, that, Absolutely. that like, Absolutely. doesn't make I'm, any I'm sense. I'm with you there, but Benedict, here's the other thing I wanted to point out, is the fact that on the right... Uh, especially when you get to people who are speaking into microphones and spreading that out for other, pe- other people to listen to, uh, there's a huge trend, and that is reading a headline and going absolutely no further yep. beyond just what is contained in the headline and your assumptions about what are in the article. From the very political article he just cited the headline of, quote, the implications will be long-lasting. By taking action against the Kremlin, tech companies have adopted policies that could become the de facto norm for future conflicts. These decisions could fundamentally change the company's relationship with governments that are being forced in real time to acknowledge the power that social media wields in the time of war. Mm-hmm. It is a difficult balancing trick for us, Nick Clegg, the president of global affairs at Facebook's parent Meta, told reporters Tuesday, when asked about how the social media giant was balancing demands from buying governments. The foreign British sector... The former British deputy prime minister said the company's priority was to keep its services available in both Russia and Ukraine. We're a company. We're not a government, said Clegg. But we're also aware that we are we're in completely unprecedented situation. And this is a highly exceptional and tragic state of affairs. Mm -hmm. It goes on to discuss a great deal about should they be doing this? It very much discusses the very thing. Facebook and other social media from operating sure. within the country. So, I mean, but it's, it's it also goes into Uber and Netflix yeah. and other social media I mean, Netflix companies. Just banned, Netflix just banned, uh, banned Russia from accessing. Yeah. Like, literally, I mean, as it, we've it, been recording, Netflix Netflix has banned their content from Russia. So, Yeah, but the point is, uh, Ron Paul read a headline. Yeah. And that's all he ever read about this. Well, it's he also, has, I mean, it, as always with these things, it's trying to map the American situation onto the world stage. And like, sure. and be like, oh, censorship, bad, First Amendment. I thought it was particularly funny when some of the Canadian truckers tried to oh, argue yeah. their First Amendment right to protest while in oh, Canadian court. That, that was particularly that. funny to me. And I, was, I think some of those people had sort of a sovereign citizeny thing going on based off some of Maybe. my reading about that. They had a very much... Uh, some of the same things that sovereign citizens will yell at judges while throwing their poop. Mm. Um, some of the same things were coming up with some of those Canadian truckers, which is not surprising since the trend no. is, you know, internationalizing American nationalism. Ooh, international nationalism. I like that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into okay. something based on that. I don't know. No, uh, but in this case, uh, the uh, big tech is sort of apologetic. Uh, a Nick Clegg, who is a vice president. Oh, no, see, he did read he, it. He says, well, this right, is not but our he's role. Di- this is not our role. But th- he, he pulled out a quote he wanted. Yeah. But he's lying about what the article contains. Because yeah. the article did talk about, should tech companies be doing this? Mm-hmm. What position does this put them in? It did go into those sorts of issues. And then he just pulled out the Nick Clegg quote that out of com- out of context does seem to almost sound like it supports his thing. Where it's like, it's a difficult balancing trick for us, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know. Facts don't matter. Reality no. doesn't matter and again, with what Ron Paul is trying to put out. Once again, at the end of the day, they are a company and can choose to boycott certain countries if they want to, as, you know, oil companies have done in not purchasing Russian exports. Sure. Like, sure. So why don't we take a little trip back in the past a little bit? This video is from about two years ago. Okay. Uh, this is one of the last five issues in five minutes, or however the hell they call it, that they did um, before they stopped doing them and the Ron Paul Institute YouTube page just stopped putting okay. stuff up very, very often. Uh, so this is five minutes, five, what is it? Five minutes, five issues? Yeah, All that's right. the way to do it. This is five the last minutes, one. five issues 
episode 143. Let's go. The Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity welcomes you to Five Minutes, Five Issues. They could have wasted time. They're what wasting is time. it with the far right and reggae beats? Yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> I love a reggae beat. Let's go. Starting. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Hello, I'm Adam Dick, a Ron Paul okay. Institute Senior Fellow. Let's start. Okay, this man is a robot. <laughs> you can one. never convince me otherwise. Julian yeah. Assange of WikiLeaks has pretty much been held in isolation in Ecuador's Why London embassy like since 12 months ago, when his visits there were curtailed and his means of communication with the outside world were blocked. Yes. Previously, in 2012... Assange had obtained sanctuary at the embassy to avoid prosecution and mm -hmm. incarceration Why? by the United States. Last week, John Pilger wrote in a consortium news article about Assange's lack of privacy at the embassy. Pilger describes that cameras are everywhere in the room Assange occupies with a guard posted at the door. During his visit with Assange in the room, Pilger writes, Julian maneuvers us into a corner side by side, <laughs> flat up against the wall. This is how we catch up. Okay. Whispering that is some and writing to each other on a notepad, which stuff. he shields from the cameras. Okay. Issue That's the whole issue. Okay. That's it. That's cool. it. All right. All right. All right. Let's see issue issue number four. Let's see what it is. Or two. Whatever way they're counting. Two. U.S. House of Representatives member Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez oh, was selected by people behind the scenes to run for office. So what? they... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So we went. He sh he shifted into a higher gear. Yeah. Uh, pre pretty quickly. Yep. Pretty quickly. Okay. All right. Let's hear. Going from ah, uh, you know, uh, it's not All great right, for people living in asylum yeah. in the Ecuadorian embassy to AOC is being controlled Manipulated from behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> they could promote their own agenda. That, okay, that's then, literally how all candidates Ocasio are selected. Cortez continues to be controlled by such very dangerous people. Okay. Who are they? Name do you, them. Do you really think he's going to name who they are? No, do you really but think? I know. I know. I know how he thinks they behave. We know many of the words that are applied to them. Insiders. Insiders. Yeah, yeah, globalists. Those are the contentions of a much-watched video at YouTube. Okay. Looking through the comments by people. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the source. Literally, the source. many people are saying, or many people have yes. watched the clip. Yeah. Okay. That was my favorite. That's what made me go, "Oh, we're watching this fucking video." His sources. A video a lot of people watched yeah. on YouTube, okay, cool. and the comments section under it. A lot of, a lot of people it. are fucking dumb. Carry on. <laughs> people who watched, it seems a fair number of viewers found the information to be particularly novel and disturbing. Okay. Are the commenters this naive, or are many of them just looking for confirmation for their dislike of Ocasio-Cortez or Democrats? What the video says about her is true for many people in office, yeah, okay. both Democrats and Republicans, That's especially nice. in a At big district such as the U.S. House District that includes hundreds of thousands of residents and when a politician was not well-known and liked in the district before he ran for office, or did not spend a big chunk of his own cash to win his election, it is a good bet that the politician was selected by people behind the scenes, yeah. and continues to be controlled, or at least strongly influenced, by such people. That's... Okay, do you understand the roller coaster ride we just fucking went on? Yeah, I do. It he went from... Okay portraying it as though it's true mm -hmm. and it sources a YouTube video, then calling the people who believed it naive to then going, yeah, it's probably true though. 
I mean, what the fuck it, it may be through? true, but it's not sinister. Like you just people, <laughs> the, the candidate who has the most chance of winning gets selected to be backed by various groups. That's just how it works. Oh, it's just outstanding. Yeah, it's just okay. outstanding. Carry on. Let's move on. We have one more video. Okay. One more. It's only five minutes long. And this, I think, this really gets down to, to what it's really okay. all about Let's here. do it. Let's what do it's it. really all about is moving some of Ron Paul's books. Okay, let's go. It's a clip from the Liberty Report, report by the way. You're ready to move on. Let's yes. move on to something very positive and very exciting because we've had some bad news today. And that is uh, something that I was teasing about a couple of months ago, but it is finally here. I'm going to hold it up, Dr. Paul. Oh, God. This is Ron Paul's new mini book. Mini book? Uh, you know, he's come out with it's a pamphlet. Movie. It's a mini book, cool. Benedict! Cool. It's a mini book! Cool. It's just the sort of mini book we're looking for! Oh, no. <laughs> Wait till oh, no. he gets to the description of it. His, his finger is always on the pulse of what's happening. This one is called... <laughs> Ron Paul's finger is always on the pulse of what's happening. Great. COVID, wokeism, and the cultural Marxist threat. Oh, good. Making yep. sense of current political idiocies. This, I edited this book, so I know every word that's in it. <laughs> no, you this don't. This is absolutely tremendous book. Uh, and as we've done in the past, we're offering it as a premium to those that will support the Ron Paul Institute with a tax-deductible donation. Okay. So this is where I have to put out the call, where we are not giving a fucking dime to the Ron Paul but Institute. But if anyone has but, it. <laughs> but... The thrift store near you may have, may, by whatever lucky chance, have a copy of this pile of shit. If it's available somewhere, I actually haven't looked to see if it's like available used on Amazon, okay. which is where I buy a lot of books because they, you know, they like uh, local thrift stores and used bookstores sell their stuff through Amazon. Uh, I haven't looked to see if it's there yet, but if if somebody can tell me where to get a copy of this fucking thing, I want it. We'll do it for the I Patreon episode. I want it so badly. Uh, those who make a donation of $50 or more will get a copy of this book. And those that make a donation of $100 or more will get a copy. I'm sorry, Dr. Paul, to say this. Hand signed by Ron Paul. you got to go back to the sweatshop <laughs> and sign. He's going to have to sign exactly five copies. <laughs> but also, like, uh, $50? Yeah, it's a lot. $50 for this book? For a no mini book. Way. It's a mini book. For a mini book. It's a pamphlet. I see, he's holding it up on the video, and it's about as thick as uh, you know the the books we've done for the patron only book reviews. Uh, so it's it's you know maybe a hundred pages if I had to guess. Fifty bucks, a hundred bucks for a signed copy. Also, I do desperately want a Ron Paul signed copy. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about this book because I think it's it's at the perfect time it's come out, and it talks about everything that we face and it ties everything together. Uh, with the wokeism, the cultural Marxism, the COVID tyranny. Yeah, and, and you know, in, in doing this, uh, I've had some thoughts that were supposedly important to me, but they became clearer in, uh, because people kept asking me, why do they do this? You know, why, why, why will business people do what they do? Why does the businessman, let's say the owner of a baseball team, why do- Benedict, why do you think the businessman, the owner of the baseball team does what he does? For money. Mm, you're close. Mm. He, uh, you know, capitulate and, and make sure that the stadiums are empty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why are they so political? And I get into this whole fact of a collusion between big business and the Federal Reserve. The and Federal yeah. Reserve. Okay, yeah. All right. That's enough. It for me. always comes back to the Federal <laughs> Reserve. Benedict. That's enough. I'm done. 
So this is the sort of quality content being put out by the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity, which I assure you is what it's actually about. Don't pay attention to that time Ron Paul tried to fund the invasion of a South American nation to turn it into a white supremacist paradise. No, don't pay attention. Don't pay attention to any of that. We'll be talking about that when we do our Ron Paul episode. Mm-hmm. But, Benedict, are you still convinced that Ron Paul is not your friend? I More thoroughly than ever before, yes. <laughs> you should be. You very much should be. But that's it. Um, thoughts. <laughs> um, brain. I gotta say, I thoroughly enjoyed this this episode. And uh, just before we're done, I don't know. Um, you and I have had a lot of texts over the last couple of days about how good you, how excited you were for our last episode. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. The, the first episode yeah. of the Mark Levin book. Yeah. Yes, I pronounced it right yeah, this time. Yeah, got it. Um. And I think part of that is, and I agree with you, it was, a, it was a very good, it was a fun episode for us to do. And part of the reason, I always make the joke that this show, for me, is like, you know, having a heroin addiction <laughs> and chasing that horse. And with Mark Levin, we finally found something that got back to that level of crazy we've been looking mm-hmm. for. It's like getting a hit after being sober for a long time. It really <laughs> being sober with way. William F. Buckley, who ironically was not sober. <laughs> And then, you know, when we when we signed off from that episode, we were both like, holy crap, why does it feel like that was such a good episode? I think it's because we found something that... I think it's because we, I, for once, had energy. <laughs> <laughs> before the move. Yeah, uh, But so, I'm really excited. We have some great stuff lined up for the next couple of weeks and months. I think that book is going to be outstanding on one side. And I'm really excited for what we're doing over here on the interstitial episodes, where we're going to be getting into some of the wackier ish stuff that I think is still incredibly influential in the modern American and, you know, international right. Like I said earlier, I think as a throwaway, American nationalism has gone international. And I think that's, I mean, the reason why you see like this Canadian trucker shit going across the border and them claiming first amendment rights, it's because American nationalism has gone international. Mm. So I'm excited for what we're going to be going over in the next couple months. It's really going to be a whole lot of fun. But thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early release of episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon Heilman. Heilman. Did I get it right this time? I've forgotten, honestly. You were supposed to keep me on track with that one. Shannon Heilman. Uh, Utah Outcast, Pause, and Will. Will is an unofficial show mascot mm-hmm. now. Brent Lee, David Garrido, Dave Barwick, Charles Trulier, Dodd Snow, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Ellie Bartlett, Lisa, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taro Tacannon, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. Goodbye. Goodbye.
The Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.